the cheese department is certainly kind of our golden child at the at the store. We've had people calling from Arizona, Florida, California. All these people want to get their Brennan's cheese shipped to them. Welcome to The Corner Table, a Capital Times podcast about food and drink in Madison. When Brennan's Market closed its five Wisconsin stores in fall of last year, customers were bereft. They would miss the cheese and the Door County cherries, and they took to social media to weep. Is it possible that I have just bought my last case of chindrip and peaches? One of my friends wrote. But then Madison got some good news. Brennan's is back, starting with just one smaller store on Watts Road. It's called Brennan's Cellars now, and it's hoping that a smaller footprint and increased focus on local food will help it thrive in 2018. I'm your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians. Brock Cummings, the wine, beer, and spirits manager at Brennan's Cellars, joined me on the podcast this week to talk about what's new, what might be in store soon, and to reassure all of us that we haven't seen the last of those peaches. Just a heads up, we had a little issue with the audio this week, so if my voice sounds a little funny, that's why. Hi, Brock. Welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. So first of all, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. My name is Brock Cummings. I am the wine, beer, and spirits manager at the recently reopened Brennan's Cellars uh, on Watts Road in Madison. Basically, what my role is, is to manage those three, all the alcohol departments, um, any tastings that we do, any events that we plan for, and then I also do all of the buying for those three departments. So it's it's always fun to learn about new products and talk to distributors and vendors and just kind of learn what the trends are and then also any new things that are out in general. The nice part of the job is that I do get to sample Oh, Fairly regularly, so. Yeah, that sounds like a major perk. Um, were you involved with Brennan's Market when it was the market? I was. Um, so my story with Brennan starts back when I was attending UW in college. Um, I was a produce clerk part-time over at the University Avenue store. Um, then I graduated, moved away, returned back to the area. I was working for a digital marketing company. I did miss... Um, working with customers face-to-face all the time, being able to tell them about products and stories. And I saw a job opening for a grocery manager at Brennan's Brennan's Market on Watts. So I applied for it just to get my foot back in the door. Um, went to the interview, and of all people to interview me, it was Tim, who is current owner. He was my store manager when I was at University Avenue. So I've known him for quite some time, um, and he had just hired a new grocery manager two days prior to my interview, but he had an opening in the wine department. So that was even better for me. I snapped it up and um, stayed with Brennan's again at that point for two more years. This past May, I left Brennan's to go start a brand new um, wine and beer bottle shop in Sun Prairie. Unfortunately, in August, Brennan's announced that they were closing all five of the stores. I stopped in to um, see the old staff one last time before the store closed and spoke to Tim and Tim said he kind of had this idea that he was tossing around with a few different people about keeping the Watts store as part of the Brennan's name, um, doing some modifications to obviously improve things, to change kind of the, the business structure that we were operating on to make it a little more profitable and make sure that we could 
stay around for another 70 years. So I took advantage of that and I accepted the offer with Tim. So I started the first week in November, had my first child the last week in November, got married the first week in December. So it was quite a jam-packed uh, two months here. There's no time to get too stressed because it's just constantly doing something else and my mind's always thinking about the next thing. So, I, I wonder, what are some of the differences between Brennan's Market and now Brennan's Sellers? What are some of the things that have changed? The main thing that people will notice as they walk through the doors is that we've pretty dramatically um, shrunk the space that we're in. The Watts Road store had two spaces. There was a big front space that contained produce and everything else was inside. Now produce has been moved inside as well. So that front space basically was left vacant. Um, The developer was looking for a lessee to move in there. Um, At this point, I think they're still looking, but we have kind of crept back out into that area. So we have produce items out there as well. Uh, As far as grocery goes, We have a lot of the same products we had in the grocery department. So uh, we have our sweet and hot pepper relish, our cranberry and Dusseldorf mustards, cherry butter, preserves, uh, all sorts of things like that. Our grocery manager, Thea, has been on the lookout. Um, We're trying to shift towards a more local focus. So she's been looking for different um, small producers in the Madison um, area, Wisconsin. She might reach out as far as Minneapolis and Chicago at this point. The vast majority of the items that people really, really loved from Brennan's Market that we knew they loved, they moved well for us. Um, We've sampled them for years and years, so we kept a lot of that stuff on. And then now we're kind of exploring um, new options to have more of a local focus of the grocery department. The cheese department is certainly kind of our golden child at the the store. It was very, very successful in December. We pretty rapidly got all the gift boxes together, the cheese boxes. Um, We've had people calling from um, Arizona, Florida, California. All these people want to get their Brennan's cheese shipped to them during the holidays. So we have been fortunate enough to maintain the vast majority of our partnerships with the cheesemakers. So we are carrying a lot of our famous cheeses still. So the... um, Basil Farmer cheese, the Carefilly and Abergelly cheeses, the Smoked Pepper Jack, our full line of aged cheddars. Uh, right now, our oldest is a 13-year-old aged cheddar. And, of course, our squeaky fresh cheese curds that are delivered weekly to us. Um, right now, we just have the cheddar and Munster curds, but eventually we'll get back into the flavors that we were um, doing before. So when you think about who might lease that sort of adjacent space. What do you think would go well there? If it does end up being leased by another business, what would you like to see? Um, Some ideas that we've kind of thrown out there and that are kind of floating around is um, possibly a new microbrewery with a tasting bar. Um, Other ideas we've kind of been out there, maybe a coffee roaster, um, a olive oil vendor, things like that, all that would complement our business um, and not take away from theirs. I think ideally it would be great to have a, a microbrewery, micro distillery with a tasting bar out there. It would be great because it would be a, a different type of shop or different type of group coming in. So our retail customers would complement their on-premise uh, restaurant style customers. We still do want to be able to utilize the greenhouse space. We do intend to have all of our plants and flowers just like we've had in the past. Is the idea, the goal going forward to become more profitable in part by focusing and by limiting the amount of space you're in 
Are those two of the ways you're doing that? De- definitely part of it. Um, we looked at all sorts of different efficiencies that we found that we could make from the old business model. Um, shrinking the footprint of the store was one of them. Um, reducing our payroll overhead was one of them. So now we have um, a, a smaller, tighter group of managers. We looked at different products. I mentioned earlier that we wanted to focus on have a more local focus. Right now, produce, it's pretty difficult to have a local focus, but as soon as the growing season kind of gets in full swing, um, the owner, Tim, will be reaching out and searching for um, producers that locally that can source things like strawberries, tomatoes, et cetera, for us. We've always had a Wisconsin focus kind of under the surface, but uh, we really want to kind of kick that up. We have looked at our pricing and adjusted it um, there's a lot more competition now than there used to be. For years and years, Brennan's kind of had a hold on the specialty food market, but lots of grocery stores have those departments now. So we still <clears throat> want to be able to differentiate ourselves, not only in products, but we want to be able to have prices that are in line and approachable for customers still. I feel like the things that I would hear about with Brennan's as an East Sider, so, you know, I would have to make a trip out. Um, But the things I would always hear about is the craft beer selection. I would hear a lot about that, but also the fruit in the summer, like the fruit that Brennan's would get in. And it was gorgeous, like beautiful fruit. And so that was one of the things that when Brennan's closed, I was sad about because I would drive across town for those peaches. Wisconsin Focus, awesome. Peaches from Georgia still? Peaches from Idaho. Peaches from Idaho. Oh, yes. Uh, we will have peaches from Idaho again this summer. Um, in addition to the other chin dripping fruit that we carry, the other plums and nectarines and all those delicious orchard fruits, um, we definitely are going to maintain that. That's been very successful for us in the past, and we really want to keep supporting those farmers that we've supported in the past out there. It's not to say that we only want to have Wisconsin products, but we definitely want to um, support those producers when possible, when the quality is up to what we want to be selling. Um, But we are still sourcing other things. Um, Our Brennan's Famous Granola is produced out of state. Um, We are going to be carrying that again very soon. It should be back in the store mid-March, I'm thinking, at the latest. In terms of your department in specific, I wonder what some of your challenges are, how you sort of navigate finding things that are going to be a good value of good quality, not, I mean, you're a grocery store, so people aren't necessarily going to come and spend $50 on a bottle of wine. Um, And, you know, how you sort of navigate your craft brew as well. I'm just curious how you approach that. My philosophy is that the vast majority of our products from the meat market to the produce to the grocery are very high quality. So I Definitely didn't want to skimp on that when it came to wine, even for value. So where I began to look is at different wine regions that are maybe underrepresented in the market. That's generally where you can find some great value. For example, Chile or Portugal, um, regions that maybe a lot of people don't have exposure to. But part of the benefit to a bit of a smaller wine section and me being there almost every day is that I can talk to these people and explain to them if they like a California Cabernet, how they can maybe transition to something from Portugal that's going to be even better value for them and still have the same flavor and aroma that they're grown accustomed to. Um, With beer, nearly all of the beer in the state goes through distributors. And at that, there are other retailers that basically can get every item that a distributor offers. So that has become more of a challenge. 
I've been very selective in which products that we're carrying. We have a good selection of stuff that's made right in Dane County. Um, so a lot of the Madison breweries and even further out um, places like the Hop Garden and Paoli, Port Huron in Wisconsin Dells. There are certain brands countrywide that people are always aching for. An example would be Toppling Goliath out of Decorah, Iowa, Three Floyds out of Munster, Indiana. Our imports department, I have a few German and Belgian beers. It's not very big at this point, um, but that will grow as we kind of go along. The way that I determine them, I use, of course, different websites that rate them at different points because that's what the consumer is actually looking for when they walk in. They'll grab their untapped app or they'll look at beer rate beer or beer advocate and they'll see if it's a rating. If it's below a certain amount, sometimes they won't even consider it. So that definitely plays into it. I also like to get new product in on a regular basis, especially on the 22-ounce bombers. I like to there's such a variety, it's constantly changing. I like to keep rotating through those products. There are a, a few everyday craft beers that we like to carry. We want to carry Nuglaris, of course. Um, the local stuff, Carbon 4, Ale Asylum. Um, and then some other ones that are a little further out, but they make very good beers. Uh, Summit Brewing out of St. Paul. Revolution Brewing out of Chicago. Definitely really, really high quality producers that... I think have earned their space in a specialty food market. As a sour beer drinker myself, I often am looking at those larger format bottles because that's how it often will come. Um, but I, you know, I love seeing stuff from like Oso and um, you know Funk Factory. You know, okay. yeah. So and it's it's great because I feel like more and more markets are recognizing that sour beer is a growing area, and so I feel like I have way more options than I used to have. Absolutely. We, and I actually are, yeah, our sour program is, is growing. Um, I just brought in Funk Factory a week and a half ago. I've carried Oso for a while. Um, we have a couple other sour producers. Oma Gang in New York makes some great sour beers. So how important is tasting for your new business model? Tasting is incredibly important. Um, a lot of times these craft beers are higher, price point, they might even be double the price point of a domestic beer. That can scare customers off, but we like to offer tastes of a good amount of wine, beer, um, even spirits. Now we're doing some spirits tasting, and that allows them to make the, ju- judge it for themselves, make their own opinion on it. I mean, I can tell them the story, tell them the history about it, the family that produces it. That's all great, but they can actually taste it. That's going to make all the difference. Every Saturday and Sunday, we sample through wine and beer, and typically I've been starting to implement at least one spirit each weekend to try. We will start doing even more formal, um, so educational tastings where people can learn about um, different wine regions or they can learn about how beer is brewed or what a sour beer is and what makes it sour, all of these fun things. And in a more kind of a sit-down formal setting, we would pair some appetizers with it and then taste through a selection of beers go over and everyone can kind of um, interact with one another, get everybody's opinion on it. It allows people to have a nice event to go to and introduce them to new beers. And it also helps me to determine what the consumer actually wants. If I have learned anything in my few years now reporting in Madison, it's that when you change something that Madisonians have grown to accept, embrace, own, 
in whatever way, you're going to get tons of feedback if you change anything. There was a huge outpouring of, of you know, love and affection and everything for Brennan's when it announced it was closing. I assume you're getting some people saying, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you're back. I also wonder if you're getting people saying, oh, but you changed where the flowers are. I can't handle it. Like So the the... Most prominent responses have been, yes, they're so happy. We're thrilled that you're back. I mean, we've had people come from Brookfield and Oconomowoc because they used to shop at those stores all the way over here. On the alternate side, we have had people uh, wonder if certain products that they used to love are going to be able to be brought back. For the most part, we've been trying to work on ways to get that, make that happen. Um, it can be difficult with... Obviously, our drop in our economies of scale from five stores down to one, our volume is a lot more difficult to kind of hit that number and still get a nice margin. Specifically in my department, um, I have a little more leeway. I can order just one case for if somebody wants something specific, I can get that for them. Even if they want like six bottles, I can take the other six, put it on, on display, and we can sell it at retail. With grocery, that becomes a lot more difficult. A lot of the freight that we use is is we have to find the the freight to bring it in. That adds that increased cost. Um, And if we're only bringing in one case or two cases of something, it's really not feasible all the time. With that said, we are taking into account the things that the feedback we're getting about products that people do miss, and we are finding ways to bring it back. For example, um, we used to carry a dried soup line called Sierra Soups. Very, very popular, but it wasn't by any means one of our biggest sellers with the market. But once Brennan Sellers reopened, we weren't really intending to bring that one back. We've had so much feedback that we did bring it back now. This sounds like a new store that's an old store. That's a good way of putting it. (laughs) Um, We didn't want to turn anyone away or scare anyone away by making too big of changes, but we definitely wanted to update things. Brennan's has gone through phases in its existence, but for the most part, it was kind of a standard model and they kept going with that. We knew that we needed to make a few adjustments to maintain profitability, but also just to kind of keep in line with the times. Um, we are considering if if somebody doesn't move in that front lease space, um, we are considering adding our own tasting bar instead that we can taste through wine, beer, and spirits in Less of a grocery setting, um, so people can take a seat. They can spend a little more time there. Um, And then the deli, of course, is always going to be there. They're going to be doing um, different appetizers. They have done such a wonderful job. Um, It's no longer Jacobson Brothers. It's all Brennan's Market in-house. And we really want to work with them. Um, Our chef, Adam, and head meat cutter, Jason, have been in the industry for a long time. they do a wonderful job with what they do, and we really want to be able to pair that with our uh, alcohol products so that people can see the benefits of pairing something and really making a meal pop rather than just having a Coke with your supper or something like that. <laughs> thank you so much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison produced by the Capital Times. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians. For more on the changes at Brennan Cellars, including a feature on their new deli, visit captimes.com. For news about brandy tastings and more, visit Brennan's on Facebook. You can subscribe to The Corner Table on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Facebook at Corner Table Podcast. I'm your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians, and my wish for you this week is a well-aged cheddar served however you like it best. Cheers! Cheers.
Thank you.